Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Next, Dave, we're going to do Without You. Yes. Very dear to my heart, 100% autobiographical, with the exception of uh, the fast cars line. That was more of a, uh, what do they call it, metaphorical? (laughs) But, uh, you know, I don't collect fast cars. The idea of fast lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, you know. But this is very autobiographical. A lot went into this uh, this song. You know, like I told you earlier, I was married for 17 years before I moved to Nashville. Got a publishing deal, which was probably one of the first major things that happened after I'd been performing and writing songs for about almost 20 years. And never thinking Nashville was a place. But I moved to Nashville. You know, things... You know, I started getting getting rolling, but still the feeling that, uh, boy, I hope something happens, you know. You know the, having a steady paycheck to write songs was very nice, because before that I had to play just about every night and make ends meet. But I then got divorced not long after that, which was kind of odd, but at the same time, I was a 17 years spiraling downward marriage, and uh, we just didn't belong together and got married for whatever reason, so... We're both much better off now. But uh, anyways, uh, 17 years, got divorced, and uh, it just it was starting to feel a little bit of like, man, I hope uh, my kids back to Pennsylvania. So I'm down here alone now and uh, still doing gigs a lot. I walk into this, uh, to another bar. It's near the airport in uh, in Nashville. And uh, I immediately scan the room. And good looking girl. I just caught the back of her. I didn't see her face yet. <laughs> and I'm like, she's good looking. I could just feel it. I could see it. And I, as I kept looking at her, I realized that somewhere I was captivated by her. She was looking at me as I was watching her. I was like, oh, I got caught. And instead of her acting like, oh, what is he staring at? You know, negatively, she gave me this smile that just really, smile it was just an endearing, it's just, like, is she was happy that I was looking at her. And then I find out later that she was also watching me before I realized it. The second I walked in, it's a little chemistry. This is my first gig at this particular place. And I was relatively new in Nashville. I just auditioned there a week earlier and uh, to get a gig. It was like a piano bar, like a dueling piano bar type thing. But I played I played a little piano, but mainly guitar. And they're like, well, you know, we're kind of a piano place. Uh, We really like what you do. And uh, if our our piano player calls in sick one day, which he's never done in the last 10 years, you know, maybe we'll give you a call. 
try it on a different night. But regardless, I got kind of the run around, but they call me because he actually calls in sick this one night. And I come in so uh, for this gig. There she is. So this was kind of my first time there. I wanted to do really well. Stage behind the piano, set up my gear, and uh, these two young ladies walk up to me. I say, oh, we're flight attendants with Southwest. This is where we we stay when we're in town. And one of our co-workers is a singer. We were wondering if get her up on stage to sing a song or two. And I'm like, ah, it's, you know, it's my first time playing here. And I don't, I don't want to break any rules or anything or do anything that they're going to be uh, upset at. Because I kind of want to continue to play here and maybe get my own. Maybe I'll come over with you guys and... We'll work something out, and I'll see how well she can sing and uh, get something professional together, and, and then I'll call her up in a little bit. So they're like, all right, I've set up, walk over to the table, and as we're walking to the table, I'm like, it's the girl. It's the girl that caught me looking at her. She was the flight attendant they were talking about. She had that same smile on her face. So I sit down. You know, I'm, I'm kind of shy by nature. I don't know if shy is the right word. A little bit inward and you know, we're just smiling at each other. She's a socialite. She could talk forever to just about anybody. So we sat down. We're like, hi, how you doing? Yeah, that was funny. Caught me looking at you. <laughs> Whatever, you know. I don't even think we paid any attention to that. But uh, we going through a couple songs. We uh, like, oh, she's like, you know any Bonnie Raitt? Or we did Angel from Montgomery. And and uh, I don't know what else. We ended up playing that. Oh, we did Landslide. And uh, regardless of which, we, we were friends. And... Uh, Right away. Was, First time you hear her voice, what was your feeling? Your oh, it was very cool. She's got a, uh, a sultry, very uh, raspy, uh, Bonnie Raitt-esque type. Stevie uh, Nicks? Uh, not as... Like, I could see her couched at, you know, in a nice cocktail dress on a big on a piano singing, like, sexy jazz music. That's her thing. She's got a great voice and uh, fits her character, too. We sang a few together, and she told me later, she was uh, before I got there, she was thinking about leaving, going back to her room and calling it early night, but she ended up staying until close and uh, sang all night. And, uh, we talked later. At the end of it, she told me, you know, oh, this is great. You know, I'm actually coming back here. I don't live in, I live in, in Austin, Texas. That's where I wear this hat, you know. So <laughs> did you get her number? No, I didn't get her number. You didn't get her number. I didn't get her number. You're that? Inward, but you didn't get her number. <laughs> yeah, but I did get the idea that she was coming back. And I, if I tell the whole story, I, I was still uh, my ex, my wife, and I at that time were separated. We've been separated for a few months. For I think primarily for the kids' sake, we said it. Let's just ease into. We're going to get a divorce. We were both relatively broke, so as far as getting a lawyer and all that stuff. So we wanted to just take our time and. The divorce. There was no reason to rush until that night. Then all of a sudden, there was a reason to rush. But anyway, so, so you did not kiss her goodbye. I hugged her. It was a great hug. It felt good. But uh, but she did know that I was still married at that point. I was actually wearing my wedding ring out of seventeen years of habit. I just didn't just didn't. It comes a part of you after that long. So, but anyways, we uh, during the night I took a break and I was sitting with her and her captain was there. Captain had been drinking a good bit, and it said he was being very vocal. He's like, uh, "Yeah, there's something going on between you. I could feel it. There's just uh, there's an energy there." And then one of the other flight attendants like, "Stop it! He's he's married. I I didn't want to onto her, so I didn't tell her the whole story of like 
you know, well, we're getting divorced and this and that. I didn't want it to sound like a come on or anything like that. But anyways, like, ah, it doesn't matter. There's, there's more to the story. I could feel this. And he saw something coming. Anyways, that night, uh, we said goodbye. She told me, um, coming, coming back every Friday night and, you know, this whole month I'm booked for Nashville flights. So I'm doing overnights in Nashville. So, you know, maybe I'll see you again again if you're playing here. I'm like, I'm not, but I came back anyways. <laughs> I found her on MySpace through the information given. Southwest Airlines. I knew her name. Kristen Lee. Beautiful. Bing. Her message. Nice seeing you. Uh, you know, hope maybe we could sing together sometime. Uh, and whatever. And she was very, uh, very curt with her response. So thank you. Sure. Yeah, great meeting you. That was it. Of the information she had. So I come back the next week, and uh, she knew I was coming. I come in, drinking my coffee, we're talking. About halfway through the night, we're just chilling. And I said, by the way, there's something I, I left out. My, my wife and I are actually getting a divorce. By this time, my wedding ring was gone. <laughs> we're getting a divorce, and uh, I told her a little bit more of the, sto the story, and she just let out this sigh of relief, like, God. You know, thank God. We danced. It was a beautiful night. And uh, we ended up staying together that night. We didn't we didn't sleep together in the uh, biblical sense. But we slept together and, and uh, kind of both made it clear that we weren't, you know, a sexual relationship yet. <laughs> you love to say that on the internet? Just kidding. But anyways, it, it was, uh, there was, you know, we spent the night, just beautiful things, just talking all night. One of those nights. And uh, I do recall that evening on her, she put her computer up and she had a, a playlist going of all the songs that she was listening to. And I was just blown away that there was all this music out there that, that she I'd never heard before that, that moved me so much. Different world, comes from Texas, I'm from up north, but our connection to music was the same and it was like, it was like new beginnings all around. One song was this Eva Cassidy song came and the next morning I woke up like, what was that one song? It was, uh, I can't even remember the name of it now, but uh, if I had a golden thread, whew, just blew my mind. But that was one of many songs. Evening. I kept coming back, came back the next week. By the next week, I'd already written a song to her and about her. I pronounced my love for her. Like, if this is the real you, if this is, you know, this is, I'm in love with, with you. And, you know, we we were an item in no time. No time at all. About a month later, she's no longer staying on her time off in Austin. She's staying in in Tennessee with me at the house I was at. Very like a Bonnie. Kind of felt like we owned the world. It was a really good feeling. That in love feeling it lasted a long time. It's still there. <laughs> but anyways, who knows? So six months later, it's like, all right, I want to get. And do this and. uh She's an old-fashioned girl. I had to get permission. And she's a family girl, so not only did I have to get permission from her parents, I had to meet her, the rest of her family. And one of the people that was, was very, very still is, is is her sister. Two years older than her, but uh, her sister lived, lived in Belize, Central America. So in order to, you know, get permission from everybody, I had to meet her sister finally. And so we flew down to Belize. 
uh, weekend there. I met her sister, and I remember the look, her sister looked over, and it was a smile on her face. And said, I approve. I was in. So. <laughs> That's a good sign. That's a good yeah. sign. So, uh, parents first before you I, I had spent her, the money to go to Belize. A few times. For, for a little while, I was, uh, I was, I was her friend, her older friend in Nashville. I'm 11 years older than her. And, her uh, older friend with. Yeah. Well, then she was pretty on her own. So her parents didn't know exactly where she was staying all the time when. But finally, we came out with, with it all. I met him. And her dad and mom were super cool. Her dad's a big music. We connected right away on the music front. Leon Russell and whatever. He turned me on to Rocky Erickson. All these. Uh, he's been in the Texas music scene since the mid-60s and seeing a lot of people that, that I've always... So you felt obliged to ask for her hand in marriage. Yeah. You did that? How'd that go? Oh, I said, oh, those certainly would be, you know, they were very, very happy with it. And uh, met her sister, got the same thing. So, so fast forward, down in Belize, got all the, all the thumbs up. The only thing let, left to do is buy the ring and, and all that. And I should say that before I met her, before that night that I walked in to that, that bar, the only substantial thing that was acquiring a publishing deal. But it really seemed like af overnight after I met her, everything just started like, like things are turning around. That's when called me in the middle of the night and said, uh, man, these, this album of yours, I had an album out at that time I gave him. He's like, this is, I want to record this one, this one. They ended up picking like six tunes off this record that he was going to record. And fantastic. The first one he recorded was a song called Do You Believe Me Now. He didn't get permission from his record label. He came over and, and Joe and I were the song shop that we were. We, we produced it like it was ready to go on the radio. Disc of it slid it under their Scott Bruschetta's door. Got a call from Bruschetta an hour later saying, congratulations, Jimmy, this is your next single. And they pulled the single that they had ready to go out for him. And this song hit the charts. I'm with a bullet, like it's in the song. So I met her, all of a sudden, the world opens up. Songs are being recorded. I got a song on the charts. Everything's changing. So I, I got up the next sister approved of me early in the morning. And to me, the best songs come out through the inspiration, just uh, almost like I said about the other tune, just floating out of the air. I hear a melody, I figure it out. The mojo of the song is there before I even put the words in. Then the only task would be to just put, put the words in. And I, I was rambling on about everything I'd known up to that point, about how much... Uh, how much started coming along ever since we'd met, about the first night we met about the music and everything I do and how it, how little it seemed to mean without her and, and how it was all coming together. And I thought, oh, this is really cool. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll write this tune and before I leave, I'll sit with the family and, and, and I'll say thank you. And like, I wrote the song for all you guys. It wasn't just about our relationship. It was about the whole family opening their arms to me. I only got a verse course in and I was so happy with it. I remember I was sitting up in the, uh, we stayed in these bungalows or these little, they weren't cabins. They were, it was like an open air. This place was in the middle of the jungle in Belize, runoff of very rustic, but very cool. 
So I started early in the morning and I'm like, I got a really great song. I just couldn't get it out of my head. And I'd start talking to people. Wait a minute. I just, I got another line. I'd run up two hours later. I'd hear, Dave, come down. We want to see you. We want to hang out. And I, I was just drawn in, you know, I could not get away from the song. So, but I got as far as a verse and a chorus and I'm like, what am I going to write next? And, uh, that middle of the night, her sister's, uh, is pregnant, goes into labor. I'm like, oh my God, it was a big ordeal. We all, it, we're in Belize and these, it takes an hour to get to where, what they called the, the hospital was this clinic. And, you know, we're driving there on these bumpy third world country roads. And this experience of going through this with the family, we go into this clinic and they the, the in the middle of the night and we're sleeping on the floor because there's not enough chairs and the one guy that owns a resort uh, wakes up in the morning there's a scorpion crawling next to him how far are the contractions apart when you arrive do you remember um, <laughs> that but i, I how, do how remember uh, us following them uh, once we got on roads where you could go at high speed we were traveling at high speed i was in the back of a pickup truck the open air you know i put my ear in window to hear what they're talking about on the phone and i could hear allison in the car in front of us screaming like oh you know telling everybody be quiet you know they're you okay are you okay shh just wanted peace and quiet allison's a real tough that's Kristen's sister so we get to the hospital and she gives this natural birth to this beautiful little girl and uh it was just uh i felt kinship you know i felt welcomed in through something like that with the family that felt one with everybody and uh so we got back next day and i'm like there's my second verse i started honing that in writing about this and that put it together got even more personal uh, this was this was my song this wasn't a song for anybody else i was just writing it to write it because it felt good and so i i ran i rambled at the end i remember the original version wasn't it wasn't just repeating the same course it was different. I was talking about all the little things that, uh, the dreams that we had, like we were living in this uh, loft downtown in, uh, in Nashville. So I talked about the downtown loft and this house, the dog, all the things we talked about, maybe all the, maybe some days were in there. So it was very super autobiographical. That's where the expertise of Joe West came in. He's, uh, like I said, my collaborator at that time, and banking it off of him, we're like, oh, let's get let's get rid of this, this, and and this. This is a little bit too too much. Let's uh, we universalized it, but it kept the personal touch. I had some different ideas because I didn't wasn't the fast car thing was an idea of mine, but I wasn't sure of that line. And uh, but regardless of which, we we settled on it. Felt really good. We cut a a version of me singing it, playing guitar, and then I did a banjo track. At that time, we were recording out of RCA Studio C. Joe's publishers right next door. It was it was a cool thing to be able to record a song. It's like, wow, we got something that's really cool. We got to run this over physically on CD to my publisher, the Sony building, and show her. It's Kelly King. So we did this. She's like, oh, I love this. This song it was like, we were happy with just guitar vocal, which, you know, nowadays, you know, a lot of songs could cut off guitar vocal. Most of the time, it's a little bit more in-depth. Fast forward, we put this on that uh, on a record. 
that I that I'd put out. It was the it's called Nashvillian. No, that was the first one. That was the one that Jimmy Wayne had. This one was just called and it was all the stuff that since I'd moved to Nashville, all the cool songs that I'd done till then. So I was working as an artist, but at the same time, all the stuff that I was putting out, we we're wanting it to be available for people to also record. So a friend of mine at that time was named Emily West and a great country singer, fantastic singer. She's had a lot of success herself. She was signed to, I think it was, was it RCA? And that Keith Urban is signed to, but she had my record and uh, she went to a label party. Someone actually snapped a picture of this and it's on the internet, but she, she and Keith Urban were friends and she showed him my CD. So there's a picture of her with her finger out like this and you can almost see his head nodding Looking at the back of the CD, you see my picture on the front. Someone from a distance took a picture of this, and she said, "As long as you, this this is your life. It's just strange. You got to record this tune." So he uh, he took the CD home. Next day, I guess he was out with Nicole Kidman. They were going to the grocery store or something. This is all stuff I'd heard. Urban told me this. He said, "We're on the way to the grocery store," and he flipped the CD and they listened to this tune. He's like, oh, that's really cool. But uh, he said the moment that when he knew he had the record is when they were walking through the grocery store. Nicole was singing it in the grocery store. And he's like, there's a connection. He told me, it's like, oh, it's like, the things that really get me about it is just how it seems like it's as if I had written it because he just had a little baby. Now I'm talking about my niece. He's talking about his little baby girl. Not only, in my case, fast cars was the metaphor, but for him, he's like, eh, I collect old, I collect old vintage cars and, and guitars. It's, it was his life. Perhaps even more than, than, than mine on the literal sense. Uh, he's like, I would like to record it. And I was very pleased to say yes. <laughs> so I guess about six months later, he called again and he said, I know I, I haven't gone to it yet, but I want you to know that that I really am going to do it. It's just taking a little while to get into the studio. A couple months later, did it. It's the first single off the new album, and straight to number one. So you write an incredible love song that's inspired by someone like Kristen. Yeah. And you play it for her. What, what happens? How does she react? She cries. <laughs> if she doesn't cry, then I'd need to work on it some more you know so what happened this time where it was in belize or, or uh yeah it? that was the first time she heard it you know i made it and given her some snippets like uh when i was first starting writing it isn't this really you know and she's 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 my other uh she's my muse my mirror just like i said about joe it's like you know whenever i got a new one you know i i always even get a little nervous because I'm in love with the tune and it's like what if it doesn't what if people don't get it? You know, what if it's going to die? What if you Kristen know, doesn't cry? What if she doesn't cry? But if she does, I'm my next performance for whoever else. Nervous. It's like, all right, it's already passed the litmus test, you know. She cried on this. Or she cried on the first song I'd ever written for her, which was another another love song, like the second week that we were together, or third week. So that was good. Do you, do you want to play it for us? I would be... Honored to play it. All right. 
was the very first day When I caught you looking my way Up until you came along No one ever heard my song Now it's climbing with a bullet It's nice to have someone That's honestly devoted When it's said and done Girl, Life 